Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D. And we've got a great show for you tonight. Z is here, free of COVID. Yes. The World Series is set. The Jets lose the best weapon on their team. And a couple of veteran quarterbacks lose again. But we're a New York-based show. So we'll begin with the Yankees getting swept out of the first round of the playoffs. The Astros disposed of the Bronx Bombers 6-5 on Sunday. Yankee fans are all up in arms. They're calling for the jobs of Cashman, Boone, Hal. More reasonable fans never expected to win this series anyway. They're just trying to figure out if they're going to be signing Aaron Judge next season. See, what do the Yankees need to do in the offseason to build a team that will win more than one game in a league championship series and maybe even beat the Astros, which they haven't been able to do the last five years. Well, not many teams in the American League have been able to beat the Astros. The Astros generally have gotten through. But they need to diversify this offense, man. Like, plain and simple. You cannot be wholly reliant on the long ball. Guys like Judge, guys like Donaldson can that be yeah, what a what a performance by both of them. What they, a stud he's been the they, last three months. They both came up the shortest and the smallest in the brightest moments. But this team is once again built for all or nothing. And you need to be able to do more than just hit the ball out of the ballpark when you're facing top flight pitching. Because when you're in the postseason, when you're in the American League Championship Series, in theory, you are facing the best of the best. You, At any given point in the series, you ran into Verlander, you ran into Framber Valdez, you ran into Christian Javier. You ran into McCullers. You know, McCullers is no great shakes, but, you know, he's no, decent. He's good. He's, no, good. he's good. He's, he's good. good. He's not on the same level as Valdez. He's not on the same level as... I wouldn't even put on the same level as Urquidy. I, th- I think Urquidy's a better pitcher than him. And I think that Verlander's a better pitcher than him. So... Well, I you, know. I know Verlander. I know Verlander's a better pitcher. Even now, at age 40... Yeah. With half an arm. But the offense... And Cape Upton's his wife, too. So, he, you know, who's better than Justin Verlander? Not, Not many. many. Not many. But this offense need to be, needs to be diversified. You need more rotation depth beyond Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez. I mean, you have Jamo Tyone. He's going to be a free agent. Domingo Herman has probably pitched his last game as a Yankee. You trade 
<laughs> well, who knows? You traded Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Who showed up? Harrison Bader showed up. But we'll see. Like, he played 11 regular season games. Right, right. But, right. you know, he, he, you catch fire at the right time. You know, like, the Yankee fans will remember Aaron Small and Sean Chacon playing very well for the Yankees. And then the next year, they were both off the team by June. So you catch fire at the right time. We, the jury's still out on that trade because in short spurts, both Montgomery and Bader performed very well for their new teams. I'm with, I'm with the fans that were calling for Cashman and Boone. Brian Cashman inherited this team in 1998. Right? He has one World Series that he can call his own. That was 2009, when he bought Teixeira, he bought Burnett, he bought Sabathia, when he went and splurged, that's when he got the ring. That's when he got his team. Every, everybody else was built by Stick Michael and reinforced by Bob Watson. That is Brian Cashman's legacy. Brian Cashman is going to be one of the greatest caretaker GMs of all time. You know, we like to talk about who can do it. Is it is it Belichick? Is it Brady? We right? Know is now. it we know now. Is it was it Cashman? Was it Tory? Kinda need one. You need you need both of them. Boom. Mr. Head scratching himself. Like so many, so many mind-numbing decisions. Like allegedly Garrett Cole is your best pitcher. Allegedly. We, we take him out with the bases loaded. For the immortal Lou Trevino, because this lane, right? This is this this lane, this bottom of the order lane is Lou Trevino's and Michael <laughs> K. You know what? I got I, my respect for Michael K. Has grown exponentially because wow. he was not afraid. He was not afraid to go after Aaron Boone and say what needed to be said. He this, said the same thing by about you, by the way. His his respect for you is. Show. Much appreciated. Thank you, Michael. But it's absolute nonsense what the moves that Aaron or that Aaron Boone was making. And then on the day that you're about to be you're about to face elimination, you play highlights of the 2004 Boston Red Sox, the team, the only <laughs> team that ever came back from a 3-0. Lee, uh, 3-0 deficit, and who was that against, if I remember correctly? Oh, that's right, it was the New York Yankees. So, you, they tried to get David Ortiz to call in. It's like, why the fuck are you calling? Why are you talking? Why? What is this? Who like, is this? Is that you, Tolbert? It's very funny, you know? But, it's very quizzical. It's a lot of things, a lot of things are very quizzical. And, all reports indicate that Hal Steinbrenner's sticking with Aaron Boone. Like the shit, the, the <laughs> it, it rots from the top. It's rotting from the top right now, and I don't trust this front office making any moves because I can't say that they're going to be the right ones. Yeah, I mean, so one of the things I found interesting was Michael K was 
trying to say that, oh, if Cashman lost his job tomorrow, there'd be 25 teams trying to hire Brian Cashman. No. Like, what are you talking about? Like, this guy only was able to do well with uh, an unlimited payroll. And the minute you start putting shackles on him and not letting him do whatever he wants, he can't put a decent team together. Uh, I don't... I don't see how Brian Cashman could go down to the Tampa Bay Double Rays or the Rays and, and operate on a $60 million budget. Like, I think you're right. His legacy is that he bought championships because, you know, you might argue with me, but I do believe that the 98, 99, and 2000 teams were bought. They weren't. It's not just the 98. It's not just the 09 teams. The 98, the 99, 2000 teams weren't spending money like that back then. Now everybody spends money, you know. Uh, the word on the street is the Giants are going to break the bank for, for Judge. That wouldn't happen 30 years ago. Um, so as far as, like, what they need to do, it's just a lot they need to do, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, your philosophy has to change. Like, you've got to figure out, okay, what, what, what kind of team are we going to be? Are we going to be an analytical team? Or are we going to go back to, you know, managing baseball teams? Right, because t- listen, I I didn't watch I didn't watch the elimination game, but I mean Nestor Cortez goes two innings, gives up two hits and three earned runs, three walks and two strikeouts. And then he's replaced by Wandy Peralta. Yeah, uh, left left injured with a groin. Right. So, and then you have you have Cole on 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 the mound with bases loaded. It's like, didn't you bring him in here to pitch out of this? I mean, let's be real. If Justin Verlander's in that position, do you think Dusty's taking Justin Verlander out for anybody? No. On the planet? No. I don't think so. So I think they need to figure out like what they're going to be, what they're going to do. But let me tell you this. If you're batting Aaron Judge second and you're, let's see, one, two, three, four. If you're six, seven, eight, nine batters are... Josh Donaldson, Oswaldo Cabrera, Kylo, Kyler Falefa, uh, and Lou Trevino or Jose Trevino. Guess what? <coughs> judge ain't getting Judge ain't getting up on anybody on base. <laughs> like this lineup was atrocious. It was atrocious all year. The only pro on this fucking team is Anthony Rizzo. He's the only World Series champion. He's the only pro, only guy worth a damn. I'm with you on Harrison Boehner. Yeah, he played great, but he also botched a pop fly ball in the outfield that opened up the floodgates in one game. And mm-hmm. he only played 11 games. There was no tape on him. No, nobody was ready for him. He was he's running with he's running with young legs and he's and he's batting cleanup with Aaron Judge batting behind him. So, you know, what isn't that what an we, indictment of itself that Harrison Bader walked into the locker room and now he's batting cleanup? Well, I mean, he he was a hard out for some teams, but I just, you know, this this is just garbage. It's just hot garbage. The all the other problem is, man, is I don't know who can help them. I don't know what players are out there. You got Aaron Hicks can't even play left field right now. Forget about him being paid to be your center fielder. He can't even play left field, and. I don't know who's going to be a free agent. I don't know what players are going to be available next season. But, damn. Like, because you got... I guess people would want Gleyber Torres, Torres, I guess. But no one's taking Stanton. No. People are going to want Rizzo. But I would think you're going to want to keep Rizzo. 
Imagine if Judge leaves, leaves this team for nothing. I think Rizzo has an opt-out, so he can actually leave this year. He probably should. He'd probably get on a good on with a good team. But imagine if Judge leaves this mess. Because this is this is this is a mess. You know, and, and the other part is is why would he want to stay? What, you wanna be captain? You wanna you wanna play the last eight years of your career in the Bronx where you're probably gonna be not you're pro you've probably peaked as a player and the next eight years are just gonna be announcers and PR people just slamming the shit out of you. Like if you don't think that's the way this is gonna go, look at Jeter, look at A-Rod, look at the ends of all those guys' careers in the Bronx. They were not given the uh they were not treaded on lightly by the media. No, they weren't. And that's you know that that's part of the gauntlet, right? That's part of the deal. Like if you're going to get such high praise then you're going to have to deal with the severe criticism and there are reports that indicate that a lot of these players aren't too fond of the criticism they're not too fond of being held accountable by yankee fans yeah and i if if your skin is that thin and you are unwilling to take the negative that comes with the enormous positive when the Yankees are going well, then frankly, you shouldn't be here. That's the problem is that there is no more enormous positive, right? Right. In the past, the positive was, oh, nobody can beat us. Like they're beatable. And that's the problem. No one's walking at Yankee Stadium scared. Maybe the Guardians did. But I tell you right now, the Astros aren't, the Red Sox aren't, the Toronto Blue Jays aren't, the Orioles aren't. None of those teams. Nobody's scared of the Yankees anymore. And I think people were back in the day. They were afraid to play in the old Yankee Stadium and and deal with the your, your David Cones, your David Wells, your Bernie Williams, your your um, your Mariano Rivera's. None of that shit's happening right now. You you get you get guys from the, the Yankees pumping their chest after they come in in relief and get a guy to ground and ground into a double play then come back the next inning and give up two fucking bombs <laughs> that's that's the kind of yankee squad we have here there's no grit there's no there's no there's no real there's no start, real that starts here. from that starts from talent evaluation that starts from the top that starts with Brian Cashman. He's the guy bringing these in, these guys in. He's the one who's deploying the analytics department. He's, de- he's deploying the scouting department. These are the people he's finding. So do you really trust that Volpe is going to be any good based on this guy's assessment of talent? God, he, are, better, he better be, right? Dominguez? Like, if I'm Dominguez, I'm at least hoping for an invite to spring training. Like, I, I this kid, if he's the phenom that they think he's going to be, Put him out there. What do you have to lose? Like what? Seriously, what do you have His to job. lose? His job. His job, right? Because if it's it not, should it, be, it should be gone already. <laughs> it should be gone. But anyways, enough about the, the trash. Let's talk about the World Series now set, man. We got the Phillies taking on the Reform Cheaters in Houston. Allegedly. This is Houston's third appearance in the last five years, I believe, in the World Series. Houston's not lost a game in the playoffs yet. 
will they finally meet their match against the Philadelphia Phillies? Define meaning their match. So they'll lose a game. Yeah, they're gonna lose a game in the World oh, Series. They're, they're, oh, so you got them. You got them losing one game. I got them losing one game in the World Series. <laughs> and I can tell you who's gonna be pitching that game too. Four. <laughs> He's going to well, shoot the bed, and he's not going to make it out of the second inning. You've heard it he, here first. Listen, here's the thing with the Houston Astros. We talked about this last week. Like, they were terrible for so long, and there was a plan in place to build what they built. And it's pretty damn good. And they did it all this year without Granky, without Springer, and without Correa. They got some guy named Diaz playing shortstop, right? Diaz is their shortstop. Uh, Jeremy Pena. Probably Pena. Gonna, Pena. Probably going to be second in rookie of the year. Alemis Diaz is their starting left fielder. So yeah. like, this this is this is the team. Like they're they're just and they're doing this. Altuve didn't play well in the last series. Jordan Alvarez didn't play well in the last series, but somebody picked them up. Then they got Verlander. Just just it's unhittable right now, man. Like you talk about what the Yankees should have done. Yankees should have went and got Verlander, you know. Um, so I don't, I don't really think it's going to be much of a fight. I really do. I think the Astros are going to down them. I wouldn't be surprised if they swept them, but not a sweep. Yeah, I think the Phillies could steal one. The problem with the Astros—they're never out. They're never out of it. They're never going to be out of any game. You're not. There, it's not like a couple of years ago. I think when they were in the World Series and they couldn't win any games at home where they just they just couldn't hit they weren't hitting well this team comes back if they're losing they get back in it if they're ahead they can hold a lead their bullpen is lights out i think their bullpen's got us as like a a sub two era right now stanick montero presley a a very good to great back end of the bullpen but the phillies are a product of what's going on. Joe Girardi gets canned. They were the worst defensive team in the league. They had a shit bullpen. And Castellanos, Schwarber, and Harper were not doing great. Har- Harper was hurt. Well, Harper was hurt. Castellanos wasn't hitting. I think Schwarber kind of toughed it out all year and was had like to. what he had to be, what he had to be for them. This this is the very definition of coming together at the right time. The same roster, with the exception of one Mr. Syndergaard, turned around from one of the worst defensive teams to one of the best defensive teams in the playoffs. This maligned bullpen is now a lights-out bullpen. Which one of these is true? It can't all be the fact that Joe Girardi mismanaged the team and ran them into the ground that much that... Rob Thompson, all all he has to do is exist. And they're a World Series caliber team. I refuse to believe that. Uh, I think that this team is hot at the right time, but now they're going up against much better competition. I would say the Astros are the best team that they're going to face. Can't argue with that. I mean, look at the look at the Padres. The Padres were supposed were on paper, the most talented team that the Phillies have faced. Oh, dispatched come on. The, dispatched them pretty quickly. Come on. The come Phillies on. dispatched the Padres pretty quickly. Come on, man. The, the, the Braves were good, too. Come on. Do not compare the talent roster of the Braves with the talent roster of the Padres. 
multiple time All-Stars, MVPs. You're going to tell me you'd rather have Machado over Riley? I'm telling you. You're going to tell me that you'd rather have Schwarber over Olsen? What I am telling you is that the roster matched up does not compare. As a team, it's a different story. As a collection, a pure collection of talent, the Padres have a more talented team. The Padres have been humbled once again, and that means that talent doesn't mean jack shit. You need to play as a team. Look at the Astros. The Astros are nowhere near as talented as the Padres. Player for player. Not even close. This team does not match up. And yet, the Astros would whoop the Padres if they were on the other side. Well, the pa- the, the Astros are the class of the American League. I mean, we said that. I mean, I've been saying that for all season. And then the class, to, to me, of the National League was the Dodgers. And, you know, they just, they got, they got adios, you know? Mm-hmm. They got bounced as well by that very Padre team. Now, yeah, I, yeah. A collection of, of, and the Yankees are learning this too, a collection of talent does not make a team. So, are they going to be able to weather the storm? Are the Phillies going to maintain this momentum when faced with the best, with the best team that they're facing so far? You can't say that they will. You can't say that they will because if that was the case, that would have borne out in the regular season as well. That would have carried over. And there is no carryover. They barely got into the playoffs. They got hot at the right time. Everything is breaking right. Just as quickly as everything can break right, everything can break wrong. And that is where the Astros shine because they make everything break wrong for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, but the other thing the Astros have on the Phillies is they've been here, right? Mm-hmm. Most of these guys have done this before. They've been here before. They've lost. They've won. You know, uh, would you say, I mean, like you said, the, the, would you say this is probably either the worst or the second worst team the Astros are facing that, you know, they've had to beat for, you know, they've had to play against in a World Series, right? They're not like the Dodger team that they had to face. I don't think these... I don't know. You you're trying to say that the Phillies team is could be better than the Braves team. So do you think it's better than the Braves team that won the World Series last year? Yeah. Okay. I can argue that. It's not compared to the Nationals. That that Nationals team was supremely talented. I would say that the Phillies are probably the third best, maybe the four, maybe the worst. So. In terms of talent-wise, I mean that that Dodgers team was far and away better. But look, if you look at the, the Nationals, the Nationals were right there with them, with Strasburg and a, um, a healthy and performing Corbin Soto. Like that that 2019 Nationals team had the talent and got hot at the right time. I just don't think that the Phillies are good enough with that bullpen problem because it's still a problem. It does, it does not matter that they're getting hot now. That bullpen is still pretty <laughs> damn atrocious. Atrocious. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. 
Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And speaking of atrocious, we're moving over to football now. And it was a tough weekend for some veteran QBs. Matty Ice. Matty Ice looked completely inept against Tennessee. And the Colts finally made the move. Sam Ellinger is going to start for the rest of the year. That guy. Yeah. Matty Ice, go go ride the pine. Let, let get cold on the bench. Aaron Rodgers could not beat the immortal Taylor Heineke and the Commanders, losing by two, but still did not look great. And Tom Brady and the Bucks could not muster more than three points against PJ Walker and the immortal Carolina Panthers. The lethal, the, the lethal Panthers. They're lethal. They're lethal. 60% of the time, they work every time. Out of these three quarterbacks, Start, sit, retire. Okay. What what say you? All right, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go with Frank Reich on this and sit Matt Ryan, even though I really don't think this call is coming from Frank Reich, because when they interviewed the players, they were all surprised and shocked by the move, and Frank Reich is defending himself, saying, "Well, we're not waving the white flag here." It's like, no, dude, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. If you're putting in Ellinger. You've pretty much put a kibosh on this season. Isn't Nick Foles on that team? You're yes. not even going with Nick Foles. You're going with Ellinger. So yeah, we see what the kids, we gotta see what the kids got. Yeah, this is coming from Ursay or from the higher ups because they're trying to tank so they can get a top five quarterback next year. Whatever, that's what I think. I'm asking Aaron Rodgers to retire, honestly. And the reason being is he's coming out blaming other people again. Like he's got to stop doing this. Like you can't. Stop blaming the rookie wide receivers that just got here. Like, stop. And you know what? They've obviously, or I wouldn't be surprised if Rodgers does retire at the end of the season because they're obviously turning a new leaf here. I mean, they got all these young guys. They got, and we've, we've, we finally, we finally found out who LeFleur is. LeFleur. Because he he can't coach. Like, (laughs) you're trying, you're trying to run these routes and run these plays with, with uh, Dobbs and Lazard and just stop. So and and I'm I'm starting Brady because you know why? The Brady's got the talent around him. They need to run the football, and I'm not counting them out. Like I think I think after this week they have a bye. I think once they get out of their bye week, they're gonna get back to form. They're gonna get back to normal. They're gonna get back to basics. They got studs in their team, Mike. Mike Evans dropped a touchdown pass. Like, he was wide open, broke free. He dropped the ball. And you did, that's that's just, I don't know what's going on with him. And 
they need to run the ball more. But that that's who I that's what I'm going with my sitting and retiring and starting. What about you? Well, I think that Frank Reich made the right decision. Well, Jim Irsay made the right decision. Mm. Matt Ryan is Matt not worth. It's not worth the ink on the contract. He has not been good <laughs> for years. He had Julio Jones, could not get it done. Yeah. Right? You had at, and he had prime Julio. He didn't yeah. have the Tampa Bay shell of himself Julio. He didn't have the that's the Julio that was stinking up the joint in Tennessee. But he had prime Julio Jones and couldn't do dick with him. Not a fucking thing. Now you shouldn't be throwing 37 times when you have Jonathan Taylor on your team. That's an issue because you have a supposedly have a good defense. Or at least a decent defense. The fact that he has to play from behind that much is a problem. Matt Ryan is not good at playing from behind right now. Like it's not if he's got to sling it, the Colts are in trouble. So I'm fine with them with asking Matty Ice to retire. He should have retired after 28 to 3. So wait, so you're sitting, Matt, or you're telling him to retire? I'm telling to pack his bags. Adios, muchacho. (laughs) Vaya con Dios, Matt. Vaya con Dios. Aaron Rodgers, I'm benching. I'm going to bench Aaron Rodgers. If they get him help, right? Because this division is not lost. The Bears are still in it after somehow beating the Patriots. I think that was more about the Patriots than it was about the Bears. Some confusion, the little uh, Aaron Boone level of confusion coming out of New England. But you get him some competent receivers and watch Aaron Rodgers' productivity go through the roof again. Now, the reason why he doesn't have competent wide receivers is because he took all the money. We call that Russell Wilson syndrome. So if they were somehow to get a wide out on the cheap, or trade for a wideout, like say uh, DJ Moore, right? If you're able to somehow get DJ Moore out of Carolina, or Elijah Moore from the Jets, or some other guy uh, named Moore. Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. That's not gonna happen. But you make a couple of moves and push these rookies down the pecking order, down the depth chart. Magically, Aaron Rodgers starts looking like a competent quarterback again. Brady's fine. Like I, he couldn't punch it into the end zone, but they were still moving the ball pretty decently. That running game is not good. That running game needs to find itself again. And, you know, when you only have 16 carries, granted you're playing from behind again, but you were never really out of this game until the fourth quarter. 14 nothing against the worst, if not one of the worst, teams in the league that's actively selling off its players. There was no reason that Tom Brady could not get that done and why the running game could not still be a part of the attack. Brady had to drop back 49 times. Jeez. 49 times. Still, 290 yards. Sacked only once. So he got dropped once for 14 yards, a 14-yard set. So he was still moving the ball pretty well. Evans, that key drop. Godwin, 7 for 43. Gage has not been no. anything of note. 
uh, you know, Julio, yeah, you know, who? hardly know who, uh, who, W H O L I O. Scotty Miller, the immortal Scotty Miller, two catches for six yards. I thought he died. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Absolutely, like, it's a funk right now. It's just a, it, I'm willing to chalk this up to a funk, and that division is a oh. major league funk. I heard, I heard uh, Dalton's playing this weekend. Andrew and Dalton. Though, Andrew Dalton's playing this weekend, even though Winston healthy and can play. What's that about? Clearly, Dennis Allen has seen enough of the James Winston show. That's wild. And I, I frankly, like, that is a white flag if I've ever seen one. But he didn't that, even get to play. He didn't, even, he, was, he didn't get to play, man. Yeah. If you think that Andy Dalton, in the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> in the year of our Lord. <laughs> if you think that... Andy Dalton gives you the best chance to win. Can you? Can he stand up there and say that with a straight face during a press conference? I barely could on a recorded <laughs> podcast. I barely could sit in a bathroom taking a shit. <laughs> and Andy Dalton. Is we're going with Andy Dalton this weekend. Who? What? He just say we're going with Andy Dalton this weekend? I, and I gotta get a new job. If Andy Dalton is the answer, you need to change the if, question. If Andy Dalton is starting over you, you have to contemplate, like, a different career. Like, it just... Fortunately for Jameis, he was a lights-out closer. What the hell college. has Andy Dalton done the last three weeks to show he should be the quarterback of his team? Other than the meme of him throwing a pick six, walking off the field as the guy's diving into the end zone in slow motion behind him. Never mind the last three weeks. What has Andy Dalton done the last three years? <laughs> what has Andy Dalton done the last three years that has warranted a starting spot over Jameis Winston? At least when Jameis Winston threw 30 picks, he threw 30 touchdowns. So, you know, th- there's something to that. But I don't know. There- there's a lot of... Oh, God. The, the, trade, dead- the trade deadline is coming up. And we're going to see what is moving. But there was a domino that already fell. The New York Jets went into Denver, beat the sorry-ass Broncos on Sunday. But it came with a price. Star rookie running back Brees Hall tore his ACL shortly after the 60-yard touchdown run. However, that remember that domino I just mentioned? James Robinson of the Jaguars is the newest starting running back for the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. I love this move personally. The Jets are 5-2 going up against New England. This ain't homecoming anymore. This is not the homecoming game that it used to be. How bad does the loss of Brees Hall hurt the Jets? You know, I had him I had him winning rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um I really thought he was the best weapon on their team. And I know you're you seem like you're excited about the James Robinson signing. That's all well and good, but he's not Brees Hall. He's not the weapon that the Jets need right now. I mean, they I mean, their their situation is pretty dire and I think they've got some tough games also coming up. So they're going to be facing the Patriots this weekend, which in my opinion is a must win. 
Why is it a must win? Because after that, they're going to be playing the Bills. That's an L. Okay, then they play the Patriots again after a bye week, but this time in Foxborough, right? Mm-hmm. And they face the Bears, which they should win. But then they got to go to Minnesota. I don't think they're going to go to Minnesota to beat the Vikings. Then they got to go to Buffalo and beat the Bills on December 11th. Yikes. Then they have the Lions. Eh, it should be a win. Jaguars. Eh, it should be a win. But then they have to go to Seattle. And then they finish their season in Miami. So this, to me, is a must win in a division where the Bills are the top dog. Miami's competing at a high level. And the Patriots are always going to play you tough. Um, but my problem, my problem with the Jets still resides with the quarterback, man. He was 16 for 26 for 121 yards. Come on, Kenny Pickett is doing better than that, man. Like, I, I do think there's a problem here. Reese Hall was had four carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. Comparably, Michael Carter had 13 carries for 29 yards. Come on. Come on. I think this so, is dire. I think this is ugly. And I just don't... I do not think the Jets are a good team. Well, you are you are what your record says you are. Oh, right don't now, give me that Bill Parcells trash. I'm 3-4 and four in fantasy. And I'm better than 3-4, and four, damn it. No, you're not. You are what you are what your record <laughs> says you are. So you're one game under 500, sir. So... In seven games, the Jets are five and two. Now you can say it's smoke and mirrors. You can say it's relying on defense. You can say what you like. But the truth of the matter is they they beat the teams that are on their schedule. This is who they are. James Robinson is not Brees Hall. Brees Hall is a speedster. James Robinson is a between the tackles punishing running back. And maybe that's a good coming thing. off of a serious Achilles injury. Yeah. Which is fine. If he's healthy and he is healthy, he can go back to being who he was. And who he is is a damn good running back. I think you're selling it way too short. Like he is, he can be the goal line threat that the Jets need. Now, getting there is going to be the issue. Zach Wilson is an issue. The offensive coordinator, we were talking about LeFleur, or now we're talking about LeFleur's little brother. He's going to have to do some things. He's going to have to scheme some things and show that he can actually coach at this level. That he can actually design at this level. Who, Mike? Mike LeFleur? Mike LeFleur. Because you have these weapons, right? You have a guy like Michael Carter, who's a who's a dual threat. He can receive out of the backfield. He can't just run it. He can actually do both. Garrett Wilson, complete no-show. Four for 24 on Sunday. Tyler Conklin, four for 22. You got to be able to get some of these guys out in space, whether that's jet sweeps, whether that's wildcat. Be creative. You need to be creative. That's what you need to do. Because if you're relying on Zach Wilson to drop back to pass or do that thing where he was like double pirouetting and like he when was the last like... time Zach Wilson had a good game as a pro? Please tell me when the last time he had a good game as a pro. 
probably he had an okay game in his return. He's okay. He's not great. He's not. He's nothing to speak of. Do you, extend, nothing... him? Do you extend him? No. <laughs> no. No. I didn't even need to. I didn't even need to blink. Same thing with Daniel Jones. No. Adios, muchacho. Goodbye. No way. The good. The one thing that Zach Wilson has that Daniel Jones does not is that he has the benefit of like three more years. So he can yes. if he if he figures out if he if he if the light goes on, he could be like a poor man's Baker Mayfield. Fine. But as of right now, absolutely I'm not I'm not extending it. Do you have to, do you have do you have do you have the Jets winning this weekend? After what we saw with the Patriots and the fact that we don't know who's starting. They're going back to Mac Jones. They're going Mac back Jones, to Mac. They're going back to Mac Jones. That's they went back. They went back to Mac Jones, but Mac Jones only threw six passes, and they went to the bullpen. All right, you're out. Yeah. I'm out. You go to the lefty, but Bailey's a righty. <laughs> you're out. Patricia says you're out, but Judge said I was in. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, figure I, it out. But Boone says you're out. Who's Boone? Oh, the guy from Remember the Titans. Go sit down. <laughs> Lou quit. Who's Lou? The driver? Oh. oh. But yeah, he's very reckless. That's my problem with Zach Wilson. Is yeah, that he's he not. does not he does not know when to throw the ball away. Nope. He did he was doing these double pirouettes like it was like Cirque, some Cirque du Soleil Barishnikov bullshit. Just go down, take the sack. And this comes from not playing not playing elite level competition in college. He did not learn how to be a quarterback. Like he he's an athlete. I will give him that. The kid can move. The kid can move. He's not he's also he's also not a thrower. Mm-mm. Like 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 you could say what you want about Josh Allen coming out of college, but he was a thrower. Yeah the can the guy the guy could throw. It's like we haven't seen that from Zach. I at least haven't seen him throw bombs or intimidate a team with his with his arm at all. At least I listen. I I saw Kenny Pickett play his first pro game this past week, mm-hmm. and what I can say about Kenny Pickett is Kenny Pickett can throw the football. He can throw the football. He doesn't make he doesn't make great decisions, but he can throw the football. He can put it wherever he wants to put it. I can't say that about Zach Wilson. No. What would benefit from Zach? What would benefit Zach Wilson is playing to his, his athleticism. You get him outside the pocket, RPOs, have him do that because that seems to be what he wants to do anyway. So, anytime, anytime something goes wrong, his first instinct is, "Oh shit, let me run." Oh shit! I'm gonna extend, <laughs> extend, extend, extend. Well, that was the whole thing. That was the whole thing with with Daniel Jones and and the Giants' offense. Is that's what the offense is. If the first read's not there, tuck it and run, Danny. Tuck it and run. And yeah, it's working. But, it's working right now. So you know, whatever. Yeah, but you know, Daniel Jones is also significantly bigger than Zach Wilson. Like yeah. Zach Wilson is listed as six two two fourteen. Liar. He does, he does not look six. I'm six one. And he looks significantly shorter than me. Liar! <laughs> you, you, sir, we need to remeasure you. Da- Daniel Jones is 6'5", 220. I believe that. I believe that Daniel Jones is 6'5", 220. Legit. But Zach Wilson looks small, plays small. He needs to figure out... Like, he, They need to figure out what to do with him and how to maximize what 
he brings to the table. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. And speaking of maximizing what needs to be brought to the table, it's time to switch from the gridiron to the hardwood. The 76ers started the season 0-3, but they did manage to beat the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, surprisingly. Surprisingly. Harden and Embiid don't seem to get along on, on offense as of yet. Is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal I think at it's all? A, it's a massive deal, right? It's a massive deal. I mean, they're, they are looking like the Houston Rockets out there. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking like. They're looking like uh, Harden's just going to shoot and do this one-on-one thing. And it's just like, that's not that's not what we brought him here for. Like, where's Tyrese Maxey, man? That guy's really good. Where's um, where's Thibel? Where, where are all these players? Buried. And they're buried, man. This isn't, to me, this isn't really working at all. And... Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know what's going to happen, but I mean, they need to, they need to have a come to Jesus moment and, uh, and get their ish together. Cause it's a good team. They're supposed to be a really good team. And you thought that it was going to be like really intimidating to see, you know, you thought it was going to be really intimidating to see Embiid and Harden together, and it's not. It's just not. If they're only going to rely on James Harden doing James Harden things, then they are going to get what the Houston Rockets got, which was Ugats. That's exactly what the Houston Rockets got for dealing with Chris Paul and James Harden and Russell Westbrook. All they got was what they got. Not a damn thing. That's they're a, averaging, that's a, they're yeah. averaging 108 points a game. That's not bad. <laughs> but the problem is, is that how much are they letting in? <laughs> and funny enough, the, the guy that they traded, the defensive stalwart, right? One Mr. Simmons fouled out twice already in three games. He hadn't fouled out. He fouled out twice in four years in the pros. So this is turning out to be a, a lose-lose trade right now. Because Doc Rivers and the, the Sixers, they have revamped this team and remade it in the image and likeness of James Harden to the detriment <laughs> to the detriment of the rest of the team. Tyrese Maxey, why is he not being featured? Like Tyrese Maxey is your future, right? He's really good. He's a very good player. Tebow, fantastic player, right? Sixth man. You know, he is, he's definitely got potential. Like, he was a spark plug. He was an energy guy. Buried. Completely and utterly buried to play James Harden. And who else? You got guys like Montrez Harrell, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. Play the young guys. Insert the energy. Insert the young legs. Like, that is going to give you 
you know, that that's going to give you the leg up because for one, it keeps James Harden fresh, right? James Harden, you know, he's 33. He looks like he's about 43. <laughs> he plays very slow. Like he does not he's not in the best of shape, hasn't been for a while. So if you can somehow keep him fresh by playing the young legs, that would benefit you more in the long run. But Doc is just trying to maximize as much as possible and placate his stars because at the end of the day, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, the wheel is squeaking to a 1-3 and three record right now. Something needs to change. And currently they are they are playing the Raptors, so we'll see how that goes. The Raptors are currently kind of in their own mess. But uh, we will definitely, you know, only, you know, three and two. Like, the Raptors are better than that. But the Sixers, they need to do, they need to fix something fast. And they need to make sure that they're integrating the young players or else it's going to be a very, very long season in the city of brotherly love. Need some last-minute fantasy football advice? Then the boys at the Fade Route have you covered. Tune in every NFL Sunday to Red Light, Green Light, 1, 2, 3 with DNZ. DNI give you our top 1, 2, 3 fantasy starts or green light and fantasy sits or red light. That's red light, green light, one, two, three, every NFL Sunday during the season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get the fade route. That's red light, green light, one, two, three with DNZ. Every NFL Sunday during the season. Time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at fade route podcast on IG or drop us a line on our Twitter page at fade route DNZ. All right, boys and girls, we have a full mailbox for you. And if you want your email read on the air, hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on IG at faderoutepodcast or drop us a line on Twitter at faderoutednz. First email comes from Chris in Boston. Hey, guys. The Pats yanked Mac Jones after six passes on Monday night against the Bears. He's supposed to start against the Jets. Is the Mac Jones era already over in New England? That's a good question. I'm going to say it is. I mean, could you imagine him doing something like that to Tom Brady? I couldn't. I can't remember the last time... You know, a draft pick was taken out after six passes. I guess guess the guy's still kind of hurt, but I mean, 
and Zappy came in and actually looked pretty good. I mean, I think he threw two touchdown passes. I think he had a deflected interception, and and then I think he he, he had another miss miss misplay. But no, I mean, yeah, I I, I I do think it's over. I do think that they. Well, I'll tell you one person who's lucky. There's a guy that pulled a Mac Jones rookie card, and he sold it for a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know if it's worth a hundred thousand dollars anymore. So, yeah, that's where I am on Mac Jones. I have to think that the writing is on the wall and he has to earn the job back. But it, his career is not over. I will give him. I will give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard. No, no, no yeah, no, no. So, you know, sixty-five percent completion, seven point eight yards per carry. Like that's where he is right now. First career, 67.1 completion percentage, 7.4 yards per carry, 24 touchdowns, 19 picks. Like, he good. Solid, solid, solid. Now, his, he does not excel at deep passes. I think we can agree with that. It's a very systematic, matriculate the ball down the field, very New England Patriots football. Like, it's what he does. He fits the system well. Is that is the surrounding talent around him, like a Jacoby Myers, like are those types of receivers the types of receivers that are going to benefit him, or is it more like the John Smiths and the Hunter Henrys who run the low and intermediates? If you run the the short and intermediate routes, that's going to benefit him more. Zappy's got a cannon. Zappy's got a good arm. He's averaging eight and a half yards per attempt. Right? 71% completion. He seems to be willing to take more chances. And I, I don't know who made the call, whether it was Bill, whether it was Joe, whether it was Matt, like what, whoever the hell is coach du jour this week. But they clearly saw something in Mac Jones that they did not like. Whether it, they felt he rushed it, he rushed back, or the Bears just had his number. I don't know what they saw to, necessi- to necessitate the move to the bullpen in the after six passes. It was the heat of the moment. But Mac Jones, it's not over yet because let's be real here. It's only been two starts for Zappy, right? Yeah, Four games Den- total. I think Denver's going to need a quarterback soon too, so you'll be all right. Yeah, you'll be fine. So, and even if Zappy's the real deal, you can turn around and Jacoby Brissett, Mac Jones. Like, there will be teams that will call and that will be interested in one Mr. Michael McCorkle Jones. Email number two comes from Corey in Schenectady. All right, nice. Hey, guys. What trades would you like to see made before the NFL trade deadline? I'll tell you what I want to see made. I want to see Cam Akers get moved to a place where they're going to play him and run the football. Um, One place that comes up to mind is Baltimore. Another place that comes to mind is Buffalo, which hopefully he would come there and they would start to run more than they currently are. And, uh, 
yeah, I want to see Cam Akers play. Maybe even go to maybe even go to Arizona because I think James Conner's been hurt a lot, which I doubt they'll trade within division. But yeah, I want to see Cam Akers play, and I'm upset that I don't get to see him play. And it's not just because he's on my fantasy team. Well, I'm sure that's part of it, but that, that's definitely, you know, Cam Akers has played himself out of favor in, on the Rams, and Henderson has played himself into favor, so we'll see what happens with there, but you have plenty of options, right? Running back is going to be the hot target. Kareem Hunt famously already requested a trade, <laughs> so... that working out, Kareem? Well, he's he's still on the Browns. Kareemi! I love Kareemi, man. He was so good last year for me. Now, Kareem Hunt, you know, like, he's... There's a possibility that they may revisit that as Cleveland continues to just kind of flounder and do what Cleveland does. I I don't think that they're going... They're not necessarily going to need to keep both Hunt and Chubb if they want to ride it out until Deshaun Watson gets back, I don't necessarily think that they're going to need it because Chubb seems to be fine as the bell cow back. Do you move Hunt to a cold weather team like, I don't know, say Buffalo? Because Buffalo would definitely use a pounding running back in the snow, in the cold. Like that's the kind of guy that you would want to move into that kind of situation. Like, David Montgomery would be another one. He's already used to playing in Chicago. He's used to playing in the cold. Would that be a guy that that Buffalo might target as a between-the-tackles runner? It's possible. It's definitely possible. We also need to look at the fallout of the Christian McCaffrey trade, right? You have two guys up there. Mitchell is working his way back from injury, and Jeff Wilson, you know, he was the incumbent. So, what happens there? Is there a little bit of controversy there? Do these guys get moved along the way? We definitely need to see whether or not these running backs are going to be shipped on out. And as far as, you know, other skill position players go, I mean, we're looking at, if you're looking at wideouts, the Ravens can certainly use another one. They brought in Deshaun Jackson. The immortal Deshaun Jackson got a job. So maybe the Ravens can find somebody to uh, bring on in. Do do the Seahawks believe in what they have, especially if DK is going to be hurt long for a longer period of time? Maybe they need to, to add a little somebody. So skill position players are definitely going to be... They are going to be the area of focus. We already mentioned Elijah Moore. Already mentioned DJ Moore. Like those are the two that I would be looking at. Robbie Anderson already got moved. So it definitely, <clears throat> it remains to be seen, but that's kind of where I'm looking. And I, I think that is what is going to happen. And email number three comes from Scott in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Going international. The Canucks are the only winless team left in the NHL. When will they get their first win? Um, I think they play the Devils 
Tuesday night. That will be my best bet the next time they have an opportunity to win a game. Well, I mean, they they have promise. You know, they had they have a young roster. Quinn Hughes, you had Besser. You had you have guys on this team that have, you know, you've got talent. And Bo Horvat is another one. Bo Horvat, JT Miller. Like, you have guys on this team. So it's very disappointing. And you went and got Oliver Ekman Larson from the Coyotes. Like, they are, they're not performing as they should. And frankly, they could get the win as soon as tomorrow night. You have the Kraken coming into your house. So that is very possible that, you know, they beat the Kraken. But uh, they go into Climate Pledge to take them on. But Jersey would be a good choice. Another one. Now, call me, you know, call me cynical. But November 12th at Toronto, would it surprise me if Matthews, Marner, and Tavares lay a fucking egg and gift wrap the first win of the season for the Vancouver Canucks? No, absolutely not. I can totally see that happening. I can absolutely see that happening. And another stumbling block along the way? Possibly, I mean, if it lasts that long, heads are probably rolling, but if it lasts until the 27th at San Jose, I did not see anything great from David Quinn's team when they came into the garden and beat the Rangers. Now, it wasn't thoroughly impressive. The Rangers definitely played down to the competition. So would it surprise me if Vancouver lost, uh, Vancouver won that game with the roster they have? Absolutely not. But this team is thoroughly disappointing and it makes you wonder. It really does make you wonder how long they're going to hold out before heads roll and changes are made. Can you take the championship from DNZ? This year, you can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link in our Instagram bio, Fade Brown Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the Fade Brown every week until the Super Bowl for updates and standing. Bring it on. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. boys and girls you know what time it is it's time for the alleged superstar of the week we put up a poll on our twitter page at fade route dnz and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote and the winner of said vote gets the coveted ass trophy and a shout out on this here show and do you know who took home the coveted ass trophy last week d no i don't cristiano ronaldo that guy well, you quit on your team. When you quit on your team and walk away because you don't want to be subbed in, it's bound to happen. 
It's bound to happen. But that is last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees for alleged superstar of the week, D? First up, I've got Major League Baseball, man. Both ALS, ALCS, and NLCS series wrapped up on Sunday. Why are we waiting until Friday to play the World Series? Should have started the World Series tonight, so we could have talked about more in depth on it. So, first I've got Major League Baseball. Come on, guys. You got to get with it. Number two. I have a Mr. Aaron Judge. 36 postseason at bats, 5 hits, 138 batting average, 138 batting average, 15 strikeouts. Does that sound like 8 years, $400 million to you? Because it definitely doesn't sound like it to me. Aaron Judge, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and certainly least, Russell Wilson. Reports are that on the flight over to London, you decided to do a full workout on the plane in the hopes of being able to play this weekend dude just stop just stop we get it man we get it you really want to play you really think you're good but you're not you're just not russell wilson you are my alleged superstar of the week what do you got z russ is trying too hard there's a shot way too hard man just way too hard russ doing russ things and trying way too fucking hard well to piggyback off of your major league baseball Aaron Boone, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> First, there was the Garrett Cole, Lou Trevino thing, where you thought that Lou Trevino gave you the best chance to win in that moment instead of the guy that you invested $320 million in. You know, like Mr. Yankee today, tomorrow, for whatever the fuck the sign said. But it, you felt that Lou Trevino... But that lane, that lane, oh, that lane, that is where you need to be. And then, as your team is on the brink of elimination, you bring up the fact that your organization is the only organization to ever surrender a 3 nothing lead in major sports history. <laughs> Brilliant. And then got one of the major architects of that to call and speak to the team. It, that's that's confusing. That is very, very confusing. Aaron Boone, you are my alleged superstar of the week. <sighs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You went into the game against the Carolina Panthers. The 1-5 Carolina Panthers that lost all of their quarterbacks except for P.J. Walker that is actively trading off pieces. No Robbie Anderson. No Christian McCaffrey. They're looking to, They're looking for the right trade partner for D.J. Moore. And you muster up exactly three. Three points against a team actively trying to lose. What the hell? It takes my breath away. And that's not just the COVID. Tampa Bay Bucks, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, last but not least, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. For creating an in-game quarterback controversy. Was Mac Jones's six passes that bad that you needed to go to the bullpen? in that 33-14 drubbing 
at the hands of the Chicago Bears. Last time I checked, Zappy had two picks. So not that great to write home. Not not that uh, great of a result. And now you're going back to Jones. I don't know. Something is going on in New England. And the more we see, the more it's looking like, like Brady was the engine. And I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. It's a, a lot of head scratching. A lot of head A lot of head scratches. New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, you are my alleged superstar of the week. We've said our piece, folks. So go to the Twitter poll immediately after the show at FadeRouteDNZ and vote and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. brownies of course you love brownies but you know what's better than a brownie a delicious handcrafted gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep that's what our guys at sweet life brownie co offer chef tommy d and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic ob to dutch apple to campfire s'mores and many more check out their website sweetlifebrownieco.com for their friday brownie drops at noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them DNZ sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. Is the option for week eight we are already in week eight and if you have not joined the cb our cbs football pick'em contest what are you waiting for what are you waiting for go to our instagram at fade route podcast hit the link and join today hot competition right now Foxy's still in the league with 66 points. Second place, only four points behind. Only four points behind. That's me, Ready, Willing, and Dable, and the house always wins. We're coming, Foxy. We're coming. But let's see how we do this week. Tomorrow night, Thursday night, finally a game worthy of the Thursday night Prime video. The four and three Ravens go into Tampa Bay to take on the three and four Buccaneers. Lots of people out for Baltimore. I'm the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday, so I'm going with Baltimore. 
I'm going with Baltimore as well. I don't like what I saw from Tampa Bay. And on a short week, I don't think that they can get right that quickly. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. God save the king. We're back in London. The two and five Broncos and Russell Wilson's airplane workout. Take on the two and five Jacksonville Jags. I am taking the Jags. Yeah, not going to be close. Not going to be close. Russ is not finishing that game, regardless of what well, workout he did. Well, if he even plays, we don't even really know if he's going to play, right? Yeah, it's starting to get into the eyewash territory with Russ. It really is starting to get into into that. And then couple that with the comments from Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman. It really is open season on Russell Wilson right now. And I don't know. If you if it is true, if what they are saying is true, it's kinda hard not to go against him. We're into the one o'clock games now. The two and five Panthers, the red hot Panthers, winners of one in a row. Go into Atlanta to take on the three and four Falcons. In that shit division, I'm taking Atlanta. I'm taking Atlanta too. At four and four, they take the division lead. The three and four Chicago Bears go into Jerry World to take on the five and two Dallas Cowboys. Dallas, but I mean, they got to be concerned. I mean, they only put up 24 against that terrible Detroit defense. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen there. Well, this is what happens. Let, you know, let's call it what it is. You brought Dak Prescott back, and this is what you got. I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well, but this is going to be a defensive game. Justin Fields is not great. Dak Prescott is not great. Chicago defense is good. Cowboys defense, middle of the road. They just traded for Jonathan Hankins. They're looking to load up and stop the run. Trayvon Diggs is always lurking. So I can see this as being a real defensive struggle. The four and three Dolphins go into Detroit to take on the one and five Lions. Dolphins. Hey, hey, Mike McDaniel, how many QBs are you going to get killed this weekend? The Dolphins should take this. They should. The Lions are going to put up a fight. The Lions, for a, their record, does the record does not indicate how hard they play for their coach. They're tough. They're gritty. They're just not talented enough. Dolphins winning around. The three and four Cardinals at the five and one Vikings. Two weeks to prepare for this game. I gotta go with Minnesota. Yeah, the Cardinals are nothing special. They're they're nothing special this year. I mean, Kirk Cousins gives me pause, but he's playing against Kyler Murray, so I'm going to go with the Vikings. The 2-4 Las Vegas Raiders at the 2-5 New Orleans Saints. I'm taking Nola. And Andrew Dalton. Yes. Okay. All right. I'm going to go with the Raiders. So as soon as they announced that Andrew Dalton was getting the start, put me on the silver and black. I got this. We're good. The three and four New England Patriots go into MetLife to take on the five and two J E T S Jets Jets Jets. Taking the Jets. I am taking the Jets as well. And that de- their defense too. Eh? That defense plays. That defense definitely plays. And New England's got some things to figure out. 
the Battle of Pennsylvania, the two and five Steelers at the six and zero oh, Philadelphia Eagles. Philly. I'm tempted to take the Steelers just because I want I want a blemish on the Eagles' record so badly. Not this week. Not happening. Seven and zero. Oh, fly Eagles, fly. We are into the four o'clock hour. The four and two Titans at the one four and one Houston Texans. Tennessee. Tennessee seems to be riding the ship. I'm going to go with them as well. The Carson Wentz Bowl. Too bad he's not playing. The three and four Washington Commanders at the three, three and one Indianapolis Colts led by the immortal Sam Ellinger. Washington commies. Yeah, Commander's going to take this one. I, I don't see anything to indicate otherwise. It's just Ellinger, who knows? Too much of a wild card. The 3-4 three and four San Francisco 49ers go into SoFi to take on the 3-3 three and three Los Angeles Rams. 49ers. I'm taking the Rams. I will take the Rams on this one. A week removed, a week healthier. Aaron Donald, still a beast. It's a, it's a tough pick, but I'm going to go with the Rams. The 6-1 Giants go into Lumen Field to take on the 4-3 Seattle Seahawks in the battle of the two most surprising teams in the NFC. Seahawks. Ah! Uh-huh. Geno Smith. Riding with Geno. Right. Quarterback. 7-1 Giants. You heard it here first. Have a day, Mr. Barkley. Have a day, Mr. Barkley. The Sunday night special. The three and four Green Bay Packers go into Orchard Park and take on the five and one Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, but this is Green Bay Super Bowl here. So this is it. Well, last week was the game where they needed to show pride, right? The, com- the commanders are the team that was on the deck. That's the team that you need to beat, and they did not do that. This is a team that Green Bay can't beat. Packers go down, and they go down hard. Bills in a rout. Your Monday night delight, a little trick-or-treat on Halloween. The 4-3 and three Bengals at the 2-5 and five Cleveland Browns. Bengals. Bengals pretty darn handily. Trick or treat, a big old trick for Cleveland. Teams on the bye, Chiefs and Chargers. So adjust your fantasy rosters accordingly. This has been the Fade Route with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. So until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.